One of my least favorite terms invented in the last decade or more is the term frenemies. It's uh, annoying. Maybe just because I didn't invent it. (laughs) It's annoying mostly because it's true. Um, I've had a lot of frenemies in my life. And I found that even maybe most of the people that present themselves as friends, especially if you have any sort of public profile. If you if you don't have any public profile, fine. You know, if you're not considered to be an, uh, a, a person that people pay attention to, I think your 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 chances of attracting frenemies is lower. But if you have any sort of public profile, the frenemies will come rushing in. I also call them bitter buddies. Um, I bring this up because of on the way home from Utah, I listened to Penn Jillette on Joe Rogan. And ever since um, Trump won, Penn Jillette's basically been a frenemy, a bitter buddy. (laughs) You know? They're these people, um, you've had them in your life too, probably. They're people who present themselves to you as their friend, as your friend. You know, I like you, you're my friend. Brown knows you. And generally, the person, you know, generally you, you kind of spot them as being, you're never really good friends with them. You're just like, all right, okay. You know, you're overdoing it. They're brown nosers. They say whatever they think you want them to hear. They that you they think you want to hear um and so you keep them mostly at arm's length or this has been my experience these types of people i'm like okay i'll keep you at arm's length and every once in a while because if you're an honest person you'll just tell the truth to anybody you know doesn't matter if uh who they are i i'm that way i'll i'll tell a random stranger or anyone intimate details about my personal life because that's the way I am and it's not just because I'm oh I'm so open and honest sometimes I do it just to annoy them you know sometimes I do it to create discomfort I sort of like awkward things sometimes I like to revel in awkwardness if you look at the drawings that I do these old men everything about them is awkward and uncomfortable and Sometimes I admit that I revel in that sort of thing. If I do it, if somebody else do it, does it, I hate it. <laughs> I maintain very high double standards in most things in my life. Everything's okay for me if I do it because I understand my mindset. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of people like this in my life that will represent themselves as friends, but really what they're really doing is they're trying to get a pass they're trying to get um what they really want to do is they want to run to what they perceive as a second or third ring removed from you and represent themselves as an insider oh i've got the inside scoop because i'm their really good friend you know they still represent they don't they don't represent themselves as a spy you know oh man i hate that guy he's an idiot but guess what? I tricked him. 
I tricked him into becoming my friend, and guess what I found out? I went through this, and I discovered his crimes. They don't even do that. They maintain, oh, I, I actually like him. I love him. And this is why I know what problems he has. And I'm just here to help. I'm such a good person. And then they represent themselves as being their, their you know, their, your insider buddy who's concerned about you. But really, it's just run-of-the-mill gossip. You know, it's just gossip. That's what Penn Jillette did on Rogan. I don't know if you've seen it, but, you know, the funny thing is, is I've kind of got insider scoop on Penn Jillette. You know, I've met him a couple of times. He's friends with a f- friend of mine. She seems to really like him. My interactions with him have been not so good, you know. Um, I said, because he was a friend of a friend of mine, um, he was coming up in my Facebook feed. And this is one of the few times I actually went and added somebody because he's a libertarian atheist. I'm a libertarian atheist. He went to clown school. I'm a clown. I thought, ah, you know. And uh, not only that, but my, our mutual friend was literally trying to make us be friends. She was saying, oh, you would really like Pendulette. You and Pendulette would get along like whatever. She even even invited me to start a atheist church in Pendulette's old property in Vegas, his old house. And I already had my own church going, so I pitched that church instead. But anyway, so I sent him a friend request, you know, and uh, we had a little Facebook back and forth thing, like he was basically interviewing me to become his friend. You know, what can you offer me? I said, well, I'm Awkwardly, I was like, okay, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm. We met once at this thing um, at uh, Cafe du Nord. Uh, we also have this mutual friend in common, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes back 20 minutes later. Oh, I looked through you. Wow, you take some pictures of some hot naked ladies. Uh, what could you help me out in those regards? I said, oh, I don't know. I'm not a pimp, <laughs> you know. Uh, obviously... You could meet some of them. They're nice ladies. Well, I need something more than that, you know. And it was kind of weird. It was like he literally seemed to be asking me to act as a pimp. And I was like, okay, uh, no, I can't do that. I just recently read through the exchange, and I have to admit I was a little bit weird too because I was trying to play it my re- my response is ooh gross, but you don't want to do that with a mutual friend, or somebody that you think you might have things in common with. So I was more ha ha ha, kind of like, almost maybe uh, Billy Bushing it. I Billy Bushed it a little bit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Donald Trump was bragging on the bus to Billy Bush? And Billy Bush was like, ha-ha, yeah, oh, sure, yeah, of course you can grab him by the pussy, boss. <laughs> I grab him by the pussy, too, yeah, I'm five foot one. You know, so I Billy Bush did a little bit in that exchange. But anyway, it wasn't some wonderful exchange where it's like, on this Rogan interview, you see him presenting himself as the most likable version of himself, like I guess everybody does, but Penn is another one of those cases where I think now 
I really don't like him because I have a tendency to to not like people who remind me of my own worst qualities, you know? And with him is like, oh, I'm a, it's, there's kind of a caveman lawyer routine. I, and I relate with him on many levels. Like he tells a story about uh, he was six, seven in high school and uh, didn't want to be on the basketball team because he wanted to be smart and read. And he's realized now that he was a dipshit back then. I've gone through that same sort of transformation. That's a reason for me to like Pendulette. Lots of reasons for me to like Pendulette, you know. But one of the reasons uh, I don't like Pendulette and uh, something I see maybe in myself a little bit is this weird... He might not even know he does it because I don't know when I do it, but I, I notice it when I hear myself or I see a videotape of myself later. I think, ooh... Ooh, now I know why people call me Mr. Know-it-all. Now I know why, you know, my stepbrother used to call me, Okay, professor. As if there's something wrong with being smart. It's There's a certain delivery, you know? And I think Pendulette's got it, and I've got it too, and it grosses me out. I don't like it at all. But anyway, that's kind of a, a side rail. Um, what I wanted to talk about is that he goes on here, and... Uh, on Joe Rogan, he starts to talk about, I never saw him tell a joke, talking about Trump. I never saw him once tell a joke or laugh. I never saw him laugh. You know, Penn's making these deep psychoanalytical judgments on Trump's inner persona, trying to paint him as a crazy and and then in the next breath, he's defending Trump and talking about why he defended Trump. He's doing the basic frenemy routine. He even drops another private conversation be him, between him and Donald Trump Jr., wh- wherein Donald Trump Jr. tells him, I think you're the only person that ever really liked my dad, as if this conversation ever happened. Bullshit. Donald Trump Jr. never confided in Penn Jillette that he was the only person to ever like his father. That story is preposterous. And I, for me, Penn Jillette is entirely discredited. You know, and that also kind of reminds me of a very youthful me. You know, the storytelling version of me. This is before, let me back up. Um, I lied as a kid, you know, I was an insecure kid, skinny, you know, my stepbrothers and sisters were all strong and tan, you know, and I was a skinny kid and, uh, but I don't, I think it started even before that. I think I was just a, I had a creative mind and I thought, well, I'll tell a lie. That'll be interesting. I can tell a, lies are more interesting, right? Somebody asks you what you did yesterday. If you say, well, I shot a pink elephant on Broadway and I dragged it into the cleaners, gutted it, and guess what it was filled with? Marshmallows. (laughs) I have an interesting life. (laughs) You know, you can make up any interesting thing. But in my early 20s, and I care, it's not like I was a habitual constant liar. I would just lie about unnecessary things. Like, I remember lying and saying that I saw a band in concert that I'd never seen in concert. You know, kid lies. 
Oh, yeah, I'm the coolest. I, yeah, I saw them. You know, I had a friend that sat behind me named Brad Burton, rest in peace guy. He was a big fat guy. He died a couple years ago. But um, I kind of used to fuck with him using stuff that I knew personally about me. Like I would, uh, I knew for sure that, <laughs> this is going to sound so, well, it's going to sound like a high school kid, but I knew about all the new wave and punk bands. But not really, because I was in West Jordan. So how much could I really know? This was before the internet. You couldn't know that much. But I knew some. I definitely knew Devo and, you know, my favorites. And I would draw their logos on my, uh, you know, notebook. Very typical. Although mine was mine were a little bit better. I was good at drawing logos and making up logos. Because, hey, I'm talented. But I would make up band names, too. Um fictional band names one because i dreamt of being in a band and i thought well this would make a great band name and i would draw those band names on my folder too and brad burton would go oh yeah i know that band those guys are cool and i'd be like oh really yeah what song's your favorite song uh, you make up one i go yeah yeah i never let on to old brad burton because he was a nice guy you know but I knew that he was lying because I made up these bands, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I would lie about that, is what I'd say. I would actually lie about a band existing, too. So I was part of it. But so that reminds me of Penn when he's telling these stories. It's really easy to tell a behind-closed-doors story about somebody when they can't really can't or won't defend themselves, you know? Nobody, Don Jr. probably should, but Don Jr. is not going to watch that video, but wouldn't it be great if he did and said, fuck you, Penn, I never said that, you liar. I mean, on the one hand, Penn Gillette is sitting there talking about, you know, he talks about the boardroom being a set and how he was annoyed that people would call it the boardroom. But, of course, Penn is smarter than everybody else, so he calls it the boardroom set. Something that reminds me of me. All right? Therefore, yuck. But then he goes on to act like he developed a friendship with Trump. And I'm like, dude, you just described how artificial the whole environment was. There was no time to develop any friendship with Donald Trump. We know what anybody that's been on a Hollywood set knows that it's very, unless you make a developed friendship off the set, there's no real friendships being fostered there, especially not between you and Donald Trump. We all watched the show. We all watched you brown-nosed Trump. We all watched you really, really try to make your star rise on his show. You know? I don't think he won. Did he win? I can't remember. But this leads me to another theory about why people hate Donald Trump so much. And I think it's because he's the first guy to ever get into office where there was very little mystery about him. We already knew too much. We've been watching him for 40 years. We know to familiarity breeds contempt. Insert that idiom there. We 
everybody, especially a guy like Pendulette, thinks, well, I'm smarter than that guy. How can a guy who isn't even as smart as me, how can he be president? No way. The president is supposed to be smarter than me. And of course, the only reason why we ever thought that about any president before is because we didn't know. It's mystery. Never meet your heroes, that kind of a thing. I met Prince. Kind of wish I didn't. He was my favorite. After I met him, I couldn't enjoy his music anymore. The more I knew about him, the less I enjoyed his music. It ruined it. That's a real thing. And I think there's a national, nationwide thing about Donald Trump where everybody feels like they know him. They all feel like they're smarter than him. He's got, he, he uses an average vocabulary. He stumbles around with words just like the rest of us. And we hate it. We hate it. We, not me. I don't hate it. But I get it. I get the feeling, you know. It's kind of weird that it's not the opposite way, right? It's kind, of, And I think it is probably for his supporters. I think his supporters finally go, finally, a guy like me is a president. It's funny how many uh, movies Hollywood has made about, you know, President Dave. What was that? Dave was the one. And then Richard Pryor had one too, you know, where he had to spend money, you know, um... He had his Brewster's Millions, that's what it was. And he made a campaign where he uh, spoke like common folk and got wildly popular. And, but if he won the election, then he, he couldn't spend the money. You know, there's been a, the, the idea has been floated around that what we need is a common man in, in the office. And in all these Hollywood movies, it works out great. They're wildly popular. As is Donald Trump amongst his supporters. Um, around the world. Believe it or not, he's got supporters around the world. They love Donald Trump in Hong Kong right now. But yeah, familiarity breeds contempt. Bitter buddies, frenemies. These are all real things. I think Pendulette qualifies as a fucking frenemy. He's probably a frenemy to fucking tell her. <laughs> I've always got that impression about him, by the way. Don't, don't, don't listen to me. I know nothing about their personal relationship, obviously. But sometimes when I look at Penn and Teller together, I just go, I look at Teller and I think, and of course, this would give Teller every reason to think I'm an asshole. But I look and I think, Ugh, that guy looks a little bit like a hostage. <laughs> like, is that not speaking thing? Is that really his idea? You know, because you can imagine a, a day way back in the old days, where Penn, big old Penn, was like, ha maybe you shouldn't just say anything. Hey, I got a good idea. What if you never said anything? We'll do it as a gag. You know, you never say anything. It's Mr. You know, like, <laughs> you can kind of imagine that, can't you? I can. Yeah, so this is me kind of like, it's a it's a self-reflection thing. My, my, my dislike of Penn Jillette currently is a lot of it. A lot of it is a dislike of myself. I'll be. I'll be honest. You know. Um, I do think I have a lot in common with Pendulette, and it grosses me out, especially now after seeing him on Rogan, 
Makes me kind of glad I've never been on Rogan. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah, frenemies. Don't be one. Don't be a frenemy. Don't talk shit about your friends. You know what I mean? If you're friends with somebody, if you're really friends with somebody, if you're going to talk about them, talk about what's great about them. That's how you know somebody really is a friend. If somebody represents himself as a friend, they go, well, I'm really good friends with that guy. Let me tell you the dirt on him. I go, ah, I don't think you are a friend. And I think if that person knew you were representing yourself as their friend while also talking shit and gossiping about them, they probably would cancel that friendship fairly quickly. You can tell a friend because... You know, when somebody represents themselves as a friend of somebody, they say nice glowing things because that's mostly what friendship is. It's helping. It's Even if you're lying and misrepresenting your friend is better than they are, that seems like friendship, you know? Somebody that comes in and defends their friend. De-friend. Defend. Wait. Ooh. There's some bad poetry there. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Be a good friend. Defend. Thanks for listening.